Welcome to Skim This. Politicians like to say every election is the most important election ever. But the morning after the 2020 election, it kind of feels like they weren't lying this time. At the time we published this, we don't know who won the presidential election yet. And there are still millions of votes that haven't been counted in key states, making it, you guessed it, too early to declare either candidate a winner. But even though the presidential race isn't over, the situation in Congress is looking a bit more clear. But you might want to brace yourself for more divided government. Then we'll also spotlight some key state laws that voters changed at the polling booth, from legalizing drugs to changing their flags. But first, the main attraction. We have a key race alert right now. 2020 election night started like most presidential election nights, with a lot of TV sound effects. And if you wrapped up your workday and immediately turned on the TV because that's when we were told polls are starting to close, there wasn't much news to hear. Indiana, as expected, we are projecting Donald Trump as the projected winner there. President Trump will win the electoral votes, eight electoral votes of Kentucky. Trump winning some red states wasn't a surprise. And neither was Biden winning some seriously blue states. In Delaware, native son Joe Biden is the projected winner. Biden the winner in Massachusetts as well. But as the night dragged on, we did get some results from important battlegrounds from past elections, Florida and Ohio. The Associated Press has reported that President Trump has won the battleground state of Florida. We are definitely giving Ohio to the Republicans. Florida and Ohio were two states Trump basically needed to win in order to get reelected, since he won both of them in 2016 and because each has a lot of electoral college votes. Meanwhile, Florida and Ohio were two states Biden was hoping to win if he wanted to see a landslide victory. But with both states called for Trump by news networks last night, that giant blue wave outcome was basically taken off the table. And as the night wore on... We are saying the race is too close to call. Election night may be over, but there are thousands of votes that still need to be counted. It is still too early to call the race for president, as some key states remain uncalled and millions of ballots are still to be counted. By the time election night was over and the sun started to rise this morning, eight key states were still counting votes. And no major news outlets have even attempted to make predictions about those states either. Here are some we're watching closely. Out West, Arizona is still up for grabs, where Biden currently leads by a small margin, and in Nevada, which is also too close to call. Biden currently holds a tiny lead, but state officials are getting some sleep before counting mail-in ballots received on Election Day later this morning. Another group of key states are in the Rust Belt, a term for states including Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin that historically did a lot of manufacturing. These states voted blue for presidents over the last two decades, until Trump won each state by small margins in 2016. Biden is trying to flip them back to blue, and if he can, his chances of winning the presidency will look better. Biden is currently up by tiny margins in Wisconsin and Michigan, while Trump has the lead in Pennsylvania as election officials continue to count votes. It looked like the race was going to be close in these Rust Belt states, and it certainly is close. But every election holds the potential for a little surprise. And 2020's possible surprise could be Georgia. While it's been a reliably red state in the past, it's one Dems were eyeing this year. 
And thanks to some election day hiccups, including a pipe bursting where ballots were being counted near Atlanta, it's too soon to declare a winner there either. Because we're still waiting on many mail-in ballots to be counted, which by law, some states couldn't start counting until election day. And with COVID-19 causing so many people to skip standing in line and voting in person, there are a lot more mail-in and absentee ballots to add up. Combine that with reports that more registered Republicans voted on election day and that more registered Democrats voted early, and it could help explain why some states that look strong for Trump early on could look stronger for Biden as votes are counted. But we should point out that President Trump has already declared victory in several states that are too close to call. Overnight, he claimed that the state of the election is a fraud on the American public and that he plans to go to the Supreme Court to stop ballot counting. But there's no evidence to support any of his claims. So what's it all mean? It's honestly too early to predict who's going to win the White House. And our best advice is to be patient. It's normal for media outlets to predict winners in a lot of states on election night. But it's also normal for close states to take time to officially count their votes. So demanding clarity out of this race, especially in such an unusual year, is unrealistic. Let's switch gears and take a look at the Senate, which Democrats were hoping to pick up three seats and win back Senate control from Republicans for the first time since 2015. Major outlets are still saying it's too early to say whether that happens, but it seems Republicans may be able to hold on to a slim majority. Republicans were able to edge out their Democratic challengers in Iowa, Montana, and South Carolina, where current Senators Joni Ernst, Stephen Daines, and Lindsey Graham held on to their seats. And that race for Graham's seat in South Carolina was a big one, mainly because his challenger, Jamie Harrison, raised a record $57 million in the final quarter of the campaign. Still, that money wasn't enough to unseat Graham, who's been in the Senate since 2003. The other lawmaker who got to keep their seat? Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, who won a seventh term despite facing a well-funded opponent. But there were a few seats that did flip, like in Arizona, where former astronaut Mark Kelly will be the state's second Democratic senator, marking the first time Arizona has sent two Democrats to the Senate since the 1950s. There was also a shakeup in Colorado, where John Hickenlooper defeated Republican incumbent Cory Gardner. But in Alabama, a seat flipped from Democrat back to Republican, which, if you're keeping score, means a net gain of just one seat for the Dems. That wouldn't be enough for Democrats to win the Senate majority, though a few key races in Maine, North Carolina, and Georgia are still TBD, with the Georgia race likely headed for a runoff in January. So while we can't confirm the balance of the Senate just yet, it's looking like Republicans are in better shape to stay in control which could have big implications for everything from the future of the Supreme Court to what's getting done in D.C. over the next four years, no matter who's in the White House. And that brings us to another house with fewer surprises. The U.S. House of Representatives has been controlled by Democrats since 2018, and they're projected to keep that majority for at least the next two years. Experts thought this would happen, but they also believed Democrats when they said they could expand their nationwide map and win more seats in competitive states like Texas. But so far, that hasn't happened. And a few key House Dems are projected to lose their seats in Minnesota and Oklahoma. 
Combine that trend with the Senate looking like it could stay in Republican control and the partisan fighting in DC that we've come to know and love the last few years might not be going away. And finally, while we're still a few hours or maybe even days away from knowing who controls what across the US, a lot of voters have made it clear what they want their state laws and constitutions to look like. We're talking about ballot questions, which are sometimes on the backside of your ballot. As always in politics, there are differences in opinion, even in states tackling similar topics. Last night, Colorado voted not to impose term limits on abortion, but almost two-thirds of voters in Louisiana said abortion isn't a right and the state doesn't have to fund it. But it's not all contradictions. Mississippi voters overwhelmingly said, take Confederate symbols off of our state flag and replace them with the state's symbol, a magnolia flower. And voters in Rhode Island, which is formerly called the state of Rhode Island and Providence Plantations, agreed to nix the plantations part, an old nod to slavery. Nebraska and Utah voters also said, listing slavery as punishment for crime seems outdated. No kidding. Meanwhile, Tuesday was a big night for pot, as voters in Arizona, Montana, New Jersey, and South Dakota all approved the legalization of recreational marijuana. But some states had proposals that weren't mirrored anywhere else. Oregon became the first state to decriminalize possession of a small amount of hard drugs, which criminal justice reform groups hope prevents users from ending up in jail. And Florida voters said, you know what? A $15 an hour minimum wage sounds pretty reasonable. Speaking of labor laws, California voters overturned a state law that classified Uber and Lyft drivers as employers instead of contractors. Now, those gig economy workers are back to being contractors, meaning no employer-based health insurance or unemployment insurance. Also in California, voters came out in favor of ending cash bail and granting voting rights to people on parole. Though, it looks like you'll still have to wait until you're 18 to vote, despite a proposal to allow 17-year-old Californians to vote in the primaries. Sorry, kids. For more fact-checked election updates in the hours and days ahead, The Skim has you covered. Our morning newsletter will keep you in the loop every morning from now until everything is wrapped up. You can follow The Skim on social, and if you're hearing this, you're good. We'll be back with a look back on the week's news at our normal time on Friday morning. Thanks for listening to Skim This. This podcast was skimmed by Alex Carr and Luke Vargas, with additional help from Peter Bonaventure and Kara Long. And I'm your host, Justine Davey. 